This is Stranger. This is Destroyer. You're listening this to the Paradise, Paradise Arcade. Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This episode, we've got uh, an interesting sort of hybrid sort of thing. We've got two guests: Stranger, aka Andrew Tremblay. What's up? Not much. Doing pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. What? What is there? Pass. Pat. Yeah. And then Pat. we've got. And then we've got <laughs> Destroyer. Chris, what's up? Hi, my name is Chris. I'm uh, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I like books, and I like going for long walks on the beach. Oh, shit. I want a do-over. I didn't say anything about me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and, dating. And, I... we've got, and we've got Stranger, a.k.a. Andrew Tremblay. What's Hi. going on? Um, I'm so nervous doing these things. <laughs> um, yeah, I like... Pass. I'll pass every... No, I like Godzilla, and... Is it weird that that's the only thing I can think of at the immediate moment? Like, I like Godzilla and... The fact that you can say you like anything in this day and age on. is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this episode is special because we're going to talk about Night at the Grindhouse 2. It okay. is coming up October 30th, right? Yep. Uh, 29th, actually. Tw- the Friday. Wait. Well, fuck. The Friday. Yeah. Actually. Oh, okay. You push your glasses uh, up a little. Well, DJ Ten said uh, no releases on Saturdays, so. Oh. Oh, that's right. So no, you told me that. Yeah. yeah All right. So this is exciting. This uh, this record is obviously the sequel, and it's different. It's special. It's extra special because uh, you guys collaborate on every single song for the record. Um, yes. The first night at the Grindhouse was amazing. Is amazing. We just, is amazing. We have to clear. We need to put that out there. If you haven't heard it, you're fucking up in life. But let's talk about the second one. When did you guys know that you were going to do another one of these things? Uh, I impulsively, like, I was having a bad day, so I just sat down and I opened up Ableton, like, desperately tried to find uh, MIDI cables, and I just sat down. It started working on something, and then it turned into 10 hours of working on something. And then I just sent it to Destroyer and be like, so do you just want to do another night at the Grindhouse? Because I just waste yeah. my entire day on this, if not. <laughs> I think it was in March. I think he messaged me in March, and he's Dude, like, hey, I got this it idea. It was further ago. It was like, a Janu- like late January or February, I remember. Okay. That. Somewhere around there. Because in yeah, March like... when I started having those like blackout moments. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, I heard, uh, I think the first track he sent was um, Back to the Grind. Oh, wow. Uh, the first track on the album. And he's like, I got this idea, and we can collab on all the tracks and not just do a side A and B um, EP for each. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Yeah. And then, And then we made Strangulator, the second track on the album. And then everything else. Like, 
I sent Andrew a couple of things and he worked on everything for like days. And then he sends me back this crazy deep thing. I'm like, Oh, okay. I like how you turned two minutes into nine minutes. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, that, that was the last talk. We yeah. pretty much did all of the bulk work within the last maybe three or four weeks. It's like yeah. I had, I think maybe three or four tracks like lined up that these are the ones that I'm bringing to the table that I want to, you know, get you guys to do. And that was back, I think in late March. And then yeah. we just didn't really like, I had my shit going on. He had, you know, Leo to deal with. So there was like this blackout period where it's just like, okay, we have to put it on hold for a bit. And then <laughs> with like four <laughs> weeks ago, it's sort of like, oh shit, we have an album coming out, right? <laughs> and, yeah. And basically it's just like, okay, well, we need to hustle. We need to get everything. We need to get people's lyrics. We were waiting on Tonebox to like do his features. And we pretty much got everything within the final week that we wanted. Yeah. Wow. And then I think the last thing that we got was uh, you guys and your your little cameo on um Flight of Fear. Spoiler was, alert. Yeah. Spoiler. Sorry guys. <laughs> You're gonna have to hear it. We have a we have a cameo on Flight of Fear? <laughs> yeah. You guys have the cameo shit. on it. We're the stars Nobody right here. Tells me shit. <laughs> oh wait, was it the voice? Was it the uh, little uh, intro clip? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. I was sort of like, is there shit in that song that I just don't? <laughs> that I just didn't. Hear? No, Chris it just pulled a fast one on you. <laughs> there is no. That's fine with me. Kyle raps over it, just so you know. Oh, that would have been good. Synth hop. Pull that off, dark synth rap. That's 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 a challenging one. Well, we you do know. like a straight up grave diggers shit. Yeah. It's, uh, there's no we guarantee it's there, it. but it's not good. <laughs> Right on. Before so, you got on, Andrew, we were talking about rock rap. And how rock it's rap? Like, it's such rock rap rock. Yeah, and how yeah. it's a great idea and nobody's ever tried it before. Yeah, so. like it's so new give, and fresh. Give me an example of what you're talking about because I feel like that is a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like Eric Clapton and like... Because um, that's the first person I think of. <laughs> you know? yeah. it, that's an interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> I was thinking cyber folk, where it's like, it's it's like that dude in the coffee shop with the acoustic guitar that's just awful. Oh and, yeah. And someone <laughs> just runs it through a, a shitload of um, what was it like? Runs it through an analog synth, so it's just like industrial sounding. And that's it. Yeah, we're basically a folk band, but we have really gross industrial sounds. I mean, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's actually plausibly a good idea. You may have just uh, found another avenue for creativity for yourself. Yeah, that's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> More so, time. So, Andrew, you were, you were talking about you're the one that kind of had this initial idea. What was the the inspiration and kind of how you pitched it to Chris? Well, it was pretty clear right from when I met Chris. It's like that he had an appreciation for horror movies the same way that I do. And it's like, we come from two different backgrounds in terms of interests and also writing the music. And it's just like, I thought it would be like a nice compliment to, to have like our music kind of back to back. 
because it's like he's got like the more um the dance focused uh and it has this great like element of campiness which totally comes out like in the music which i thought was really interesting because when you hear most dark synth it's like like if you look at a youtube video it's always like here's a picture of like jason behind you but the music isn't in any ways you know capturing a horror theme it's just it's basically EDM or Electro House that just has maybe a couple FM synthesizer sort of things. And right. I was just like, well, let's take it back to, you know, the thing that we were inspired by and try to do something a little closer to that. I mean, it turned out it's like clearly we have, you know, our own uh, sounds outside of that. It is definitely a little bit more modern and dancey, but it's trying to kind of mix those aesthetics together and i pitched it to him and chris did you like it was that a good idea <laughs> i think that was a great idea okay. no i hated it no take my name off of it you gotta cancel, <laughs> cancel everything you're canceled you're canceled oh that's Next a, time. <laughs> yeah so i mean that it i will i agree with your assessment of of chris's music and your assessment of dark synth maybe in general where like it's the imagery but they don't really correlate to each other. You know, it's like, oh, I was inspired right. by Nightmare on Elm Street, and then there's no real... I called this song Graboids, but there's it has nothing that will get you back to Tremors. <laughs> right. It's just like, it, it's like the aesthetic of it is very superficial. It really has no correlation to what's going on in the actual genre as, you know, as music. And it's just, I always thought that was weird. It's like same thing with like the cyberpunk aesthetic. It's like right. it's basically, you know, electro house. There's like dubstep elements, but that was going on like, you know, ten years ago, and it's mm. just now we have you know, serum updated, <laughs> and that's pretty much like all of your VSTs are updated. You have like more modern versions of the same sounds, and it's people kind yeah. of bringing that back and calling it cyberpunk, which I always thought, you know, I'm opinionated on this one. Because, no. you know, I grew like I liked industrial. I liked uh, electropunk, Atari Teenage Riot stuff. So I do have a bit of a bit of an edge when I talk about dark synth and what that genre, you know, encompasses these days. So what you guys do really is that you really put your money where your mouths are and say, this is what we think it is or should be or could be. And you know, just get rid of all the other bullshit. Exactly. It's like, Chris, yeah. you talk, I kind of went on tirades recently. No, I, I, I think I think you're right about that. Um, because in, in the dark synth genre, there's not a lot of horror synth guys. And I think, I think um, there are artists who do horror synth songs, and but their whole aesthetic is kind of, you know, just dark synth and maybe some cyberpunk elements. But right. um, you know, we we were like, you know, when we talked about the first right. night at the Grindhouse, we're like, I feel like this is how Horacinth should sound, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of what we like to do. I mean, Andrew's extremely dark, not just his personality, but <laughs> his music style. Right. He's extremely dark and like distorted, and mine is more dancey and clean. And I think if you put those together, um. It's it's kind of a good uh, 
kind of like a good relationship in the best it's way. Such a, it's so polarizing, but it's good when they come together, you know. Well, I like the fact that you guys are so so different, um, kind of on the different ends of the spectrum of dark synth or horror synth, however yeah. you want to say it. And when you when because you're so different, when you come together, it creates a third completely separate thing within itself, um, which I really like because it's like. Yeah, I can hear influences of Chris or Andrew or, you know, but it, like, very clearly it's its own thing. Like a turducken. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. That's, it's no, delicious. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> <laughs> the turducken of dark skin. You guys can uh, go ahead and put that on, the, on a promo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll advertise it as it such. Is. Like, why don't they do that with albums? It's like when you get like a critic review and then you post it on the actual cover or poster. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I want that. It, it's a turducken. All right. Here, here's the mission get uh, DJ yeah. 10 to put stickers on the outside of the sleeve. It's <laughs> oh, a right. turducken of Dark Souls. We put stickers on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, want, uh, I want Anthony Fantano to critique the shit out of it and just put oh my his God. review as a sticker right on top. You're going to need to help me with this because it's like, I don't know, you sent me, like, you were like, oh my god, and you sent me, like, a guy that was, like, hit, like promoting uh, Night at the Grindhouse, Cause, and you seemed really excited. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I no fucking clue who that person is. So that I don't know, is, I don't know um, people. Well, he is, so do you guys know Man vs. Game, the no. Twitch streamer? So no. he... He's a Twitch streamer, like a video game streamer, but I think he's the first one to actually do it and be successful at it. Like he's been doing it for years, and he's the one that um, played Panic on his live stream when it came out a couple of years ago, and it kind of blew up from there. So, wow. Um, he reposted about the new album, so I think uh, I think that's a good sign if he likes it, you know, because yeah. he's a big Dark Synth fan. So, well, that's really cool. I mean, that's that's yeah. I think at the end of the day, how you get your music, because I, I don't know if you guys feel this, but the scene can be really insular. Right. So you kind of have a set amount of fans and a set amount of exposure that you can get if you just are stuck in that scene. Whereas, uh, yeah. you know, a streamer like that is going to expose your music to a whole lot of people that would have never been able to oh, yeah. hear it. I would agree and, with that, um, but it definitely seems like there is a very close uh, correlation between like the gaming community and the various retro wave oh, yeah. outlets. Because it's like even on the last one, like th there's like YouTube videos of video game walk walkthroughs that are just like ninety percent of the Grindhouse songs or any of my songs are Grindhouse on a video game walkthrough kind of thing and it's just like okay i'm starting to see the connection here <laughs> yeah that's awesome. it's good background music you know for I, sure yeah, I, guess so. I, yeah. I really want to say that this one is perfect halloween music like i think like this is the thing to like get you amped about halloween season and horror and that whole mood in it in that fun sort of schlocky kind of way without the, best the way. without the corniness I mean, it's I mean, it's got a little corn. No it's, candy corn in this shit. Corn. It's got to have a little bit of corn. It's like that's just <laughs> that's just how horror works. Yeah. It's like some of the oh, best yeah. movies back. Alien had some cheesiness. Like, yeah. And you don't think of Alien as cheesy. 
Exactly. It's it's really yeah. it works. It's very successful in that way. And I like how you've got that um, like break in the middle of the record where like that intermission track. Like I mean, it's those oh, yeah. little touches that really I think make it special and <laughs> you know just the whole experience. Andrew, tell them the story about that. No, I. It was a day. It was a. Uh, I was driving back from like Nightwave. And it was stupid late because we were out till like four or five in the morning. And at one point I just like pulled over to a rest stop and like passed out and I didn't sleep long. And I woke up and I got on my laptop and was just like, well, I'm just going to hang out. And uh, yeah, I just wrote like this synth wavy ish sounding thing that's totally off color. And I'm like, this sounds cool. What the fuck am I going to use this for? <laughs> like ever. Like this is so left field. And then I showed it to him like the other day. Well, I don't know, weeks ago now. And it's just like, yeah. no, it's like the perfect corny synthwave thing to go like as like a nice intermediate uh, for like a otherwise totally. It's literally a great intermission album. song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love all those little touches on the record. Um, again, it's just it's part of that. It's the way to successfully bring in the elements that you're that you're being influenced by as opposed to just a very superficial aesthetic thing it's in there right. it's baked into the record and then obviously with your incredible artwork andrew that you you just finished up uh five minutes ago three three to four days that is not that is not an acceptable amount of time to finish an album cover but you it's know, hot you go out it's done now it's just a matter of getting the rest of it done it's it's coming. You that and so am I. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the last time I came anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's a really it sad doesn't story. work dramatically, but you know, it's yeah, fun. yeah, um, yeah. That's that's exciting. The the I know that it came together pretty quick, but you know that again. It's I think it's another um, iconic piece of art for what you've done and ties so well into the first night at the guy house. So great job. I know that it's like it's you're drawing buildings, which you hate. That is an important aspect of my personality. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing you should know about stranger and or Andrew. It's he hates fucking drawing buildings. See, you cars. did such a good job. God. It's awful though. It takes forever. You have to draw straight lines. I know that's awful. You need, <laughs> you need to understand depth. Perspective, it's awful. Get the fuck out of here! What? It's amazing. What? Yeah, he hates he hates drawing cars too. And I know that's like the yeah, no no cars scene, so. and no buildings. And yeah. ironically, I've somehow made myself draw at least one of <laughs> as a series, a Woof. ton of them. That's I know. Every time we do a grindhouse, means I'm drawing a fucking house. <laughs> can well, I on, can I go slightly off track? Like, how did you decide on the Mercedes for Panic? Was that like oh, a yeah, thing that exactly. was known? That was my idea. And I was, and I complained to you about like, that too. Yeah. <laughs> he hates straight lines, and I'm like, do a boxy 1978 Mercedes. Even though that is a cool one. I do like that one, and it totally fits with the album cover and the vibe. Yeah, but it does. Yeah. At least I remember it that, uh, what was it? It was the scene in Rabid when yes. it's like all those guys, out, it's like it was the first attack kind of in public and everyone's like running around and things people are trying to like hide in the car and i'm fairly certain that that mercedes was one of the cars 
Yeah, I think it was too. But um, it. it wow, you're giving it away fits, secrets. Man. It's not a DeLorean. It's not a. Uh, yes, thank you not for a not being. A, yeah. yeah, enough of the cliches. Yeah. It's like if you watch like '70s and '80s horror, there's a lot of really great. Well, really any movie from those eras. It's like there's a timelessness and there's other elements going on. It's not just you know segmented sunsets and palm trees and yes, you know, that stuff can go. There's too many, uh, there's yeah. too many cliches. I I hope that we're if it feels like we're starting to get past that a bit, but I mean, who knows? I don't just know what man, I think I we're getting away from. It on comes Instagram up. every day, Ugh. every day of like. Just the glasses, the same glasses, like the glasses Kanye West wore in in his uh, graduation album. Right. Um, what what yeah. is the deal with that? How is that coming back, and how is it relevant? Yeah. Teen Wolf. I don't know. Is that oh, what it's from? God. I think that is the first part in cinema where those existed. My brother had a pair of like the Venetian blind sunglasses from the eighties. <laughs> like he actually fucking had that shit. Mind blowing. Well, as listen. It is. I mean, I I wear pit vipers on stage. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, talk. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I am. Uh, that's your your schlock. Your your bit of corn. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did it. I did it once. Blind. Yeah, because I'm blind. Yeah, they helped me see it. <laughs> I used to make fun of people that wore sunglasses, like in clubs, like going to clubs, and they're I like, "Oh, I'm cool, wearing sunglasses." Like I do that. Like in front of people now. Oh, of yeah. course, absolutely. I'm really up on you. It's part of yeah. your image. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, unfortunately, I locked myself into that hole. And then also wearing jean jackets on stage too. The Canadian yeah, tuxedo. Which I still do. Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, man. It's always great. I love it. It's just like no one's thought about that as a local, like, thing. Uh, yeah. Like that. That's campus shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Chris, you do it well. Like, um, you if know, anything, I'm jealous and everything. I'm just gonna do the denim jacket thing. That's it. Have you ever thought about like the denim button-up shirt underneath <laughs> to go along with the combo? Oh God! <laughs> I need the bolo tie too. Oh shit! Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah! <laughs> That's amazing. I uh, was gonna say uh, one of those uh, latex gimp masks, but it's denim. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't know, like, if, you uh, ever, if you ever want to do like a weird denim fetish party, because apparently that's like <laughs> adjacent to synthwave now. Try it out. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> denim yeah, fetish, uh... dude. We gotta hit up. Because uh, I know Zero. Alpha Quadrant. He does like a lot of the fetish things, and he came from uh, what was it? Uh, the synthwave stuff. And yeah. it's just sort of like I I do like that there is kind of a melding in that, and I'm trying to push it. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, what I want to do is maybe get a little bit closer or back to uh, industrial electro, yeah. and I'm trying to yeah. bridge the gap between what I do for Grindhouse and my own personal music. So, you know, I'm actually okay with those sorts of connections. So, what I'm saying is, uh, yeah, denim. Gets- I'm bound for the fetish parties. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, the Sign denim fetish up. parties. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> That's I Yeah, uh, he's having Alpha Quadrant's doing like a DJ, like a Halloween show, like the week of Halloween, not necessarily on Halloween. And he wanted to know if I could send him a couple of tracks from the album to play at the party. So oh, I think, cool. uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, 
Guys, I will be right back. I have to attend to uh, my son. All right. So, Andrew, it's all on you, bud. Okay, I'm going to leave too then. Because I don't <laughs> <laughs> want pressure. Yeah, just a little bit of pressure. Check on your Godzilla sons. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> what? Still was there. it not an actual suggestion, or were you making a joke? It's starting to feel a little weird. No, that works. Everyone else left, so feel free to admire them. No, I need to dust them. Those spikes are a nightmare. The one thing you're proud of, I know, I have one like titty anime slash video game figure that's got dust on it but for some reason like the material that it's made out of has been like off gassing something a little sticky so now it looks really <laughs> creepy like uh, it's dirty but i can't clean it because it's sticky well, why is it sticky uh, i can't really explain that why i limit it is it plastic it's like it, it's some some sort of plasticky material vinyl i don't know because I had an issue with that uh, relatively, like, I have, like, three, like, first off, do you remember when they came out with those uh, Goosebump masks? It was, like, the, uh, it was the green one from yeah. uh, the Haunted Mask, yes. and then it was the skeleton oh. with, like, the Hold metal on one and the glasses. Hold on one second. Oh, if you pull it out, I'm going to be really upset, because basically ah. the same thing, like, they got sticky, like, the latex is deteriorating. And it's like, well, I can't wear this or else it's going to get stuck in my face and hair. And I had to, like, throw them out because it's like they're not worth anything. And they were actually. Oh, yes. Okay, you you just have oh. the, the, got it, the VHS. Oh, I don't have the mask. I have the VHS. Those, that's cool, though. That's pretty great. It's in great condition. You want to buy it? <laughs> no. No. Take it at half price. I'll a poor person if he wants to buy a movie. No. <laughs> I've already spent enough money on movies for a while. I'm gonna watch the ones I already have. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, that's fucking funny. Chris and his goddamn VHS. It's face. like I tried dish soap in washing. I tried like rubbing alcohol. No, so apparently oh, we're still talking about the latex. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, apparently with that shit, um, and that's the same thing with like movie prosthetics. Is that the the latex breaks down and the oils inside of it become yeah. And so you, it's it's baby. It is baby. Oh, I thought that was, that was Chris. Right, Chris. I saw you carrying it earlier on, but I didn't see like the arms moving. Is like, is Chris's baby like a baby doll? Like it's not really a baby, <laughs> and he's just been like a psycho that just has this fake baby. Like, this is why the song Voodoo Doll exists. Yes. Yes, this is Voodoo Doll. Well, hey there, kiddo. Oh, but yeah, this. Boogie Boogie Man right here. This yeah. is one of them. It's sticky to the touch, and I shouldn't have picked it up. Now it's like all yeah. Now it's like the dust that gets on it is now like part of its, its being forever. Now yeah. It's like I have to put it in front of the air conditioning just <laughs> to keep it like constantly cool so it doesn't stick to my hand. One second. <laughs> I like how chill this interview is, by the way. I could never get away with like being on camera. It's like, no, we have time. Yeah, we're just fucking nonsense. All we have is chill. Yeah. I've got some editing to do, clearly. But it's fine. I feel like it could be fine without it. 
Well, no, I mean we. Get, I'll I'll compress it down. I'll get rid of the the silence and the. Yeah, you could get rid of me talking about oh, titty guys, anime figures. I was talking the whole time, and I was on mute. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jesus, I am an idiot. Oh, I'm dumb. Fuck. We did not help, hear any of that. Anyway, you're gonna edit. You're gonna edit all this part out. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll start. So, uh, you saw the Goosebumps VHS, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you hear there me you talk go. about it? No. No. Okay. All right. But, uh, <laughs> but if you so want to talk about it, we have so many VHS tapes in the living room that I have to keep the family-oriented ones in his room. So I have a ton of like family horror movies in his. We lost you. We lost you, You're muted. All right. For whatever I am. Hello. Okay. There I am. All right. We're good. He keeps touching the computer. I think that's uh, what's going on. Yeah, sure. blame it on the baby. I know, right? Yeah. Way to throw him under the bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> throw a baby under the bus? Yeah. I, I don't think that's... Uh, it's think that's generally right. frowned upon. Yeah. So but what anyway, were you saying, Chris? Um, so the uh, the Goosebumps VHS that I showed you that I had, of course, um, that was mine when I was a kid. I'm passing it off to him so he can have the memories of uh, the haunted mask from Goosebumps. Thanks um, for this legend, antiquated uh, media, Dad. Yeah. Cool. yeah. What do I do with this? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to try to pawn it. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about it right now. It's like at the rate that I collect nerd shit, I'm probably just never gonna have a kid because no one's gonna <laughs> be cool with it. Yeah, I mean, I feel that. You see what's behind me here. Hey, one second. Let me move mean, all my private yeah. things out of the way. But like, if something ever happens, small collection. Get buyers for that. Like, is that a gallon of PCP? <laughs> What? Is that a gallon of PCP? No, it's Eclipse gum and water. <laughs> like, I didn't know it came in gallons. Listen, Andrew can't do PCP, okay? Yeah, dude, seriously. Jesus. No. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Won't be able to. Damn it. I just, just had a flashback to I don't think a story to that. It's just, no, I probably couldn't do PCP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, no, it, it, I was just thinking of a, a like comedy sketch from the whitest kids you know, where this guy ran up and he was holding a like water jug like that, and the other guy was like, "What is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a gallon of PCP." <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, that is an absurd reference. It's like I would, I haven't heard the term, I haven't heard about that show in almost twelve or thirteen. Well, what's his name? Years. What's his name? No. Just died. Yeah. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, the the I think it was the creator of it. I forget his name. Um, yeah, it was huh, recent. Yeah, I think within of, the last uh, year. He he died. Quote unquote. Quote quote unquote. Got quote, it. Quote. Yeah. So let's talk a little Life's bit about. Suicide. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Oof. That's dark. Let's was let's take a left turn. Yeah. Let's... Yeah. Yeah. He. I. I don't think. Uh, I don't think it was. But you know. Again, that's just me. Could it be Tom Green? <laughs> Jesus. So let's, Andy Kaufman. That's the better one. Oh yeah. Andy yeah. Kaufman, yeah. So let's talk a bit about um how you guys got into horror 
and what connects the two of you. Because Andrew, you said the two of you have the appreciation for the same thing, even though like maybe stylistically, aesthetically, you express it differently. Um, yeah. What are those connective tissues for the both of you? Well, I'll let uh, Chris do the explaining. I know for his side, like he knows more about the uh, the gory, just schlocky horror movies than I do. It's like, because I'm a bit of a prude, I guess. <laughs> um, it's just like, no, I've, I've always liked horror movies and I like horror movies that were, it's like, they're a little bit intelligent. It's, it's always like refreshing to see because the genre itself is so saturated. So every once in a while you see a horror movie and it's like, oh, wow, that was, that was profound. Like that, mm-hmm. that's like an actual piece of art. And as much as I love just like, you know, the camp gore stuff, it's like, it's nice to see that there's still people trying to, you know, make horror an art form again. Because even if you look back to like the 1920s, uh, horror movies were actually a pretty prominent, uh, like, type of like genre that you would see in those movies. It was like, it's basically you were drama, you're a war movie, or you were a horror movie. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Every everybody, uh, everybody back then, everybody back then, like you could be a normal person and go to the horror section and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna rent this tonight and watch this with the family," you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, now it's so niche, and people are so, I think, towards horror in general, they're so smug, and <laughs> they're like, "Oh, it's a horror movie," you know. <laughs> yeah I, it's it's like uh, okay i mean even though i have I think... to admit i don't care for horror for horror's sake because yeah. that's when you get to like the con level and yeah. that's when i see it's like yeah man like did you like friday the 13th like part jason x where he's in space but it's also a porno in parts <laughs> and it's like yeah. it, it's just dude i lost track of friday the 13th after the first after the first two it's like the first one was iconic and relevant and important Mm -hmm. the second one you know it was cool that you saw jason for the first time but immediately after that it's sort of like all right that's it okay cool yeah i mean well they they made them they i think after the second one they just made them to make them you know exactly because they were money makers, and every Halloween they would come out, and people would be like, "Oh yeah, I can't wait to see them." Yeah, you know, they would go spend millions on box office sales. So, Which I'm it, glad that those uh, those people like got the money, and they were able to keep that sort of thing going for as long as they yeah. did. But at some point, it's just sort of like you're ruining your own legacy by making this way too long and right. too many movies. It's yeah. like if you made Friday the Thirteenth and that was all they did, just the first movie, that would be it. Would be legendary. Like people mm-hmm. would be talking about it like it was Halloween, even right. though Halloween also had a slew of terrible sequels. But well, you know. we I don't think we would have uh, we wouldn't have Jason if they just made the first one. And we I'm okay with that. Other, yeah, I'm okay. With that. <laughs> Uh, I guess I never, dude. It's a dude in a hockey mask. It's not like there was really nothing ever that menacing to me about Jason. Was it? Except for he get his... the kid dragging her down into the water. Didn't he just have? He got the mask technically in the third movie because isn't in the second one he's wearing a potato sack over his the, head? Uh, that's potato right. sack. 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm not going to go back and research this, but thank you for pointing it out. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of info that I've got, I guess, to add to this conversation. Cool anecdote. But thank you. Yeah. I think we got, off, like, I think I probably, it's like we got off topic, but um, what was it? Like, in terms of, like, the correlation of sound, it's like, for me, like, John Carpenter themes were the thing mm -hmm. for me. It's like when I heard the Halloween theme, even when I heard like uh, the stuff that he did with like Assault on Precinct 13, Dark mm. Star, uh, like his early films and really all of them, it's like it's that kind of really intimate creepiness that I like. It's like he uses these uh, really uh, like he never did like these huge synth uh, soundscapes. It was like they're always very intimate. And that's what kind of made them scary to me. And, you know, that's why I like things on Chiller and even Back to the Grind, like they have that kind of sound because it's just, that is to me the perfect intro for a horror movie. And every once in a while, you need to kind of bring it back to that subtlety. And I think you appreciate the synths, like the bigger synths and the, uh, you know, the heavy, angry parts, whatever you want to call it, like a little bit more. So... Yeah. Because, like, that was the thing for me in terms of horror movies. It was, like, subtle. It wasn't about, like, how much gore you could throw at a person or how much, like, my favorite horror movies are not about the creatures. They're not about the gore. They're not about, you know, people just being slaughtered. It was more about how do you tell a story that is, you know, multidimensional, that knows how to give you the creeps, even though you're not actually seeing anything immediately terrifying. It's that suspense of the music that really carried me. So then when you finally do see something absolutely horrifying, it's like, that's good. That, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I got to change my pants. <laughs> well played. <laughs> well, I think, I think he showed the, uh, he showed the film to the, the studio showed the film, the critics without the soundtrack and they said it sucked. And he went back and did the soundtrack and showed it again. And they're like, okay, now this is scary and good. You know? Are you referring to uh, uh, Halloween? Halloween, yeah, the original. I actually didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it was the music that kind of made that movie um, scary. Yeah, there's also something about John Carpenter, too. He uses very specific, simple chords that something like yeah. scientifically uh, has proven to give put people at disease make yeah. them tense exactly the brown note of scarity right um, <laughs> and I, f I feel like john car and the dark sense seem like john carpenter is the number one inspiration to making um so dark center claudia simonetti yeah because like, pretty much if you want to talk about like how i don't know dark sense i think came into play at least in a really old school terms it was yeah, it was Claudia Simonetti and John Carpenter because John Carpenter had the mood. And mm -hmm. then, meanwhile, this Giallo thing, it's kind of groovy. It kind of has like a dancey, mm -hmm. like pop quality to it. Like, and that's throughout the genre in terms of the score for the most part. Yeah. Short of like yeah. Lucio Fulci, who, like many 70s and some of the 80s uh, horror movies, it has that just, it's like clarinet or that flute sound. It's you know what I'm you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. It's just like the entire score is like this delicate little flute, 
sort of thing. And this is like, how do I incorporate that into <laughs> music that's just going to get stupid heavy and about like need more flutes, 15, 30 seconds pan flute. I'll tell you what, Andrew is very good at replicating that 70s horror sound, that 70s like horror soundtrack sound. Like Thank if you, you for listen... that unsolicited compliment. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not. I, I mean, I rarely give you compliments, but <laughs> it's not. That's personal. just to keep you humble. That's really a smart idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, you listen to Birthrights, which um, I think is the fifth track on the album. Um, it's actually, it, yeah. No, you might be right. I don't. Like know. you, you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is this is pure '70s um, suspense horror. It's great. Well, like that's the stuff that inspired me initially. It's like I didn't expect to end up be being doing like the uh, the heavy dark synth stuff. It's like I kind of because like uh, my favorite retro wave album was Laserhawk's Skull and Shark, and the reason mm -hmm. why I liked it so much is because it holds so true to the sound design of these classic uh, kind of horror science fiction uh, thrillers, and I wanted. To really kind of encompass that kind of idea and you know also you would notice there were a lot of really interesting pop songs going around at the time that kind of featured uh, a similar soundscape and um, composition as some of these like horror soundtracks and you hear that a lot from the giallo film and that's mm -hmm. kind of what i was like okay birthrights it's like it's basically you know, a radio pop song, but it has all of these, you know, sound design, like synthesizers that are very unique to the horror films that were coming out at that time. And that was the idea. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it worked. It yeah. worked, you know. As I said, this album, guys, it's, it's really special. And I, and I have a lot of, um, I think... More than hope, but I've got a I've got a uh, hunch that it's going to do some good stuff because it 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 hits a lot of chords really well. It does, I think, it hits a mood, and people are going to dig it. Yeah. I just think I feel like it's the right album at the right time. It's going to resonate in a way, and I think it's that you're at the right time, and I think people are at the right place, and it's gonna it's gonna work because it's such a great album. Um, Thank let, you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah let's sure. let's talk about. Um, some of the uh, the song titles. Did, did did you guys like just no. off the top of the head? Just you're gonna call it this thing? Did you? I think maybe eight out of the ten tracks had different different names originally, and I'm like I'm throwing out all these names, and then I realize every name I threw out started with an S, <laughs> like <laughs> Spirit Box and Strangulator and. I knew um, all of Sleepwalker, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't. We can't do this. Not, every song can't begin with an S. So Strangulator could have been like Chocatron. <laughs> Chocatron. Well, we were talking about Strangulator came up. Um, the name came up when me and Andrew were talking after the first one. Like, oh, we should like do a side project group. What would it be called? And I'm like, Strangulator, <laughs> something weird like that. And then I'm like, ah, you know, maybe. It, maybe we'll do a song about it instead, you know? Yeah. There you go. No, I remember that. I was sitting in my car in the parking lot. It's like, what do you think <laughs> about just like calling us a, like a band and then pitching that name? Yeah. I remember that. 
I have no yeah. story for that. I'm just saying, no, wow, that's interesting. I remember that. <laughs> but you didn't yeah. say and, yes and or no. Crapping on the name. Yeah. No, I <laughs> yeah. liked it. Yeah. No, no, he's never definite. It's always like, we'll see what happens. <laughs> what? No. no. I want just... you to have creative freedom. <laughs> Chokatron is still in the air then. <laughs> No, no, that's awful. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, pretty much that, knew all of my song titles right away. Yeah, like, I did not, however. Except for Strangular. I knew that one um, first. But um, Sleepwalker was turned into the Somnambulist. Yep. So that was Andrew's uh, idea. So that's from, what, what movie is it? Dr... Was, uh, was the cabinet of Dr. Caligari was the initial yes. time you heard of the somnambulist, which is the person that is, instead of a sleepwalker, you're a sleep talker. And basically, he was like a freak show uh, attraction where come, like, you know, experience him and he'll tell you some horrible secret about, like, you know, when you're going to die, what your life is about, like, etc. I and, love that song, by the know. way. It's a, hot, it's a hot track. How many times have you heard it live, even though the album's not out? <laughs> uh, I've listened to the album, I think, all the way through three or four times. Is that good? How many do you normally listen? Well, uh, that's quite a bit, considering how much time I have. So I've, I've definitely, when I, when I have time, I dedicate it to this. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, very it, nice. I mean... I've gone through it a few times. I may have played one track more than others to show off to people who have been over at my place. You, ooh. Oh, nice. Oh. Do they, do the they track? know? The track. Yeah, which one? Well, I, you know, I don't. I, I want to surprise people for when it comes out, but it, it may have all four of us on it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's hilarious. That, all right, I do have a thing. All right, so Flight of Fear. I was going to save, I was going to do an album based off of uh, this old um, amusement park and like coaster thing back. It, I was like a 15 minute walk away from this uh, amusement park when I was growing up. And they had all of the names for their roller coasters were fucking badass. <laughs> it's like you had the Beast, you had the Son of Beast, you had the Cobra. Uh, Flight of Fear was an indoor roller coaster, and wow. it was absolutely terrifying. It's like the thing would jolt your neck all over the damn place. It was <laughs> that's awesome. In like in really cramped quarters, it was really really freaky. And I was just like, and it was based around aliens. So I'm like, okay, why not? Let's do a track that's kind of the theme of an alien abduction or something like that. And just like that seemed like the perfect name for it. Yeah, I uh, yeah. That's that's awesome. Did you guys think about um the arrangement or the 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 order of these songs? Is there an importance to that or is it just how did that come together? It was difficult, like I would say cuz you know, he wrote his song like he started his songs, I started mine. And it's like it was definitely we didn't think about it very early on because our styles are so radically different. Um mm -hmm. So then there was definitely uh, a little bit of a, um, okay, well, we just need things to go in certain, pl <clears throat> certain places. And 
I think yeah. I think the final layout is the best. First off, Strangulator needs to be second. It's I think it's that kind of track, like it's an anthem, and I'm happy about that. Um, Back to the Grind is had to be the first one. It's like I first off I liked the name Back to the Grind, which yeah. is the whole reason I basically started writing it in the first. Place. Yeah, I had a name and no songs. Uh, but it's like, yeah, like you give them, it was basically inspired, it was supposed to be Chiller meets Devil Doctor. That was the idea. Mm. Ooh, that, that's yeah. a great way to sell it. So the best elements of both of the popular tracks from the first one together for another one. So that was the, uh, that was the idea for Back to the Grind. That's why it has that change up after the, uh, after the build up. Like it changes into something kind of magical and then goes back to being dark. Yeah. I really, really love that song. Um, I love how it, it builds tension uh, and then it it builds up this thing. And then it's got this, this kind of beautiful break of it. It eases up and then it goes back in and starts building back up again. Um, And so I, I, it's good. I love it so much. Now you're describing a song like I do. It's good. I like it. I like stuff. It's hot. The best critique I've ever had. I like it. It gets one. I think it's good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think um, I think the last track too, um, which is kind of like a dual track, the the nine minute and yeah. fifty seven second one. It's another great um, one. That one had that one had to go last because that was like that was a great finale, but that kind of changed up the order of the track list. Yeah, because definitely um each like the a side and b side have to be relatively the same balance of time yeah for vinyl yeah so um we threw that there back to the grind strangulator and then we we're like birthrights has to come right before the intermission so wherever that lands that's right. that's where it goes that yeah. was the last that was the last uh thing i think we discussed in terms of the track list because mm-hmm. um we were the last ones that we really received from our features were um, Lurker, that of course is uh, featuring Tonebox, and Birthrights, which features a uh, you know Natsukime, who absolutely knocked it out of the park. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy to work with her, especially on vocal. Like, it's incredible working with her. It's and, interesting. Her her vocals are, are layered. There's two. I think there's like two tones in it. Yeah. she's singing that I, I just thought it was really cool i liked how the vocals went over the in, integrated into the track she's really good about that because she's kind of like me where you don't just get the one sound it's like no you have 30 different options take your pick feel free to use a couple and i think it turned out like really well and then again like at the end of the day she is a far better producer than i am on a technical standpoint so i always trust her with whatever she does so no i think that's definitely part of the reason why i think birthright is going to stand out mm-hmm. um but yeah we didn't know where to place those songs because when i initially started um lurker it it seemed to be able to fit interchangeably with birthright and it's like okay well what do we want to start with first uh, woman worried that her baby is possessed or do we want to start with a creepy kind of a menacing character in the shadows and for whatever reason i think we did actually go with birthrights as the first one and then lurker second to last 
And yeah. I think it's just primarily because it's very much a pop song. Yeah. And it's the only yeah. song that has vocals featured on the on the right. record. So it's it's really a um I like where it's placed on the album um because it gives uh, a little bit of a break a a change up if you right. will. Um and then it goes into the next. I just think it's it is really well put together as far as track listing goes and how it tells that story. And I know you and Chris you've said to me uh di- another time that each song is its own horror movie like it's its own individual story per yeah. track yeah. yeah so so with the first night at the grindhouse the uh, side a was andrew's story and side b was mine so right. there were two it was like a double feature so we figured for this one because we'll be um on we'll be collaborating on each track we figured we might as well do one track is its own story right and you can take from that you know I, I want it to feel like if you're going into a video rental store you're looking at the back yeah. of all of the horror movies mm. and the horror rack and then it's just like all right we'll pick two. Oh, what Andrew, i mean that would be all right let's pick like 10. that would be amazing promotion for the album if there was like a movie cover of each movie andrew you well, got work to do now because you said it aloud <laughs> I know. I know. uh is <laughs> there I agree. no i agree That's um, a good idea. in my brain i just thought of um it, if in the record that under each title there could be a little story like a little blurb like a vhs description under each track and that's actually something i wanted to do on the first uh, night at the grindhouse and it's like i would like to do it on this second one because um well even when i was doing the artwork for uh panic it's like i liked the story and everything was consistent because it's just a stranger's solid or destroyer's solid narrative and yeah it's like okay so i get it it's like that campy uh like that underground low budget uh like cult kind of feature and it's like, okay, how many ridiculous bios have there been for a 1980s horror movie that just kind of faded into the background because it was just too weird? And that's where I, I liked that idea. And I think, yeah, I absolutely agree. I would like to do that maybe for this uh, feature, even though it's a shitload more work now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the problem with it, right? I mean... Andrew's a one-man army. So yeah, he, he got all these great ideas, and it's like, "Hey, man, here's more pressure. <laughs> resources, please yeah. fund me." <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the military. Oh, yeah, but I, no, I can usually write those up pretty quick. I might actually do that. Good call, guys. I, you know, I'm yeah. here to help. That's it. It's what I'm. Yeah. It's what my job is. Yeah, I mean, it's like very, uh, very forward-thinking men. <laughs> indeed indeed uh it, it's exciting um i'm really happy for you guys um let's talk about maybe the physical format because obviously with the genre with the where your guys are going it's being released on vinyl once again have you put thought into i know you have this is this is an obvious question uh have you put thought into what that package is going to look like how you want it to look and what you want it to convey um, well, I want to keep it consistent. It's like I want it to feel very much like a, a horror movie franchise, 
It's like the one that I'm kind of basing it off of, uh, maybe like stylistically, is Phantasm. Mm-hmm. It's like I always liked, you know, the consistency of the way those uh, films came out, even though I really only liked the first couple. Yeah, hear that. Yeah. It's like this by the third one. It's just like okay, too stupid. One of my favorite horror movie series, by the way, Phantasm. It's it's seriously great. It's so bonkers, and I think that's the only movie that's so bonkers that could maybe relate to how ridiculous and you know left field some of our songs are. It's like yeah. there's definitely a lot going on, which was you know an intentional thing, but I aesthetically. Uh, it's like, how do you draw all that together and make the art kind of express yeah. that uh, same idea? And the way that I saw it, it's like, okay, you need to have one thing consistent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, how about just the house for the cover? And yeah. while I'm kicking myself in the ass for it now, <laughs> um, I did think it was a very smart idea at the time because, you know, there's nothing that really got me. Like, you know, you see the cover of Burnt Offering. You mm-hmm. see, um, it's like you watch The Changeling, which is personally my absolute favorite great movie. Uh, haunted house movie. Um, aside from uh, The Uninvited, the old school one from mm-hmm. like the 30s um, or 40s. Uh, but it's just like, I like the theme of the house. And it's just like, why don't you just put the house there? And then on the inside, you have the uh, kind of montage or scenery of the things that you're going to be dealing with the album. And while I'm excited to really uh, show you the full depth of what's going to be on the interior, I do not have anything uh, currently concrete, so I'm going to be <laughs> figuring that out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But well, yeah. a couple a couple of people came up to me at shows past couple of months, um, and they they had a copy. They wanted me to sign a copy of Grindhouse, and they were like, "Oh, I." I didn't know who you were before the Grindhouse album, but I just saw this cover on Halloween on the new Retrowave Bandcamp, and I'm like, what is this? And then they checked it out, and they're like, oh, it's a killer album. So I think that mystery kind of brings people to uh, um, it. I'm really happy Andrew didn't do like a like our names in like Chrome and have like a neon sun in the back <laughs> and with like a grid and, and a babe in the DeLore, background. And a flying DeLorean. We've yeah. known each other for a while now. What would have given you <laughs> the idea that that would be the direction that I'd go into? I don't know. You, you throw curveballs sometimes. So you know. I do. I do. That's like my aesthetic, consistently inconsistent. There you go. Yeah, it's iconic. It's one of those things that, because um, like you talk about going to a video store as a kid, and you and right. all you have is the artwork. And you're going through all the titles, and you, the titles got to catch you, and the artwork's got to catch you. And then you exactly. pull it, you pull it off the shelf, and then you read the back of it. You're like, "Oh, okay, maybe this is something I want to do or watch." Quite frankly, it's one of the yeah. most exciting parts about the movie itself. It's like when I was growing up, like I think looking for the movie and being really stoked when you find one that you like yeah. was almost just as exciting as finally getting it home and watching it. Mm-hmm. Like. My favorite experience is that kind of spelunking for horror movies. Yeah. And just like seeing all the wares. And I think I'm trying to capture a joy, like a true nostalgia, maybe the last nostalgia that I feel. Yeah. Like for horror. And I don't know. I certainly hope that uh, the audience feels the same way about it. 
And yeah. I think what Chris was talking about, that's exactly it. You see, even if it's this digital square on a website, it catches your eye. It, it immediately draws you in. I think, mm. Andrew, what you've done, like with the first one with like the black, red, and gray, very simple color palette, um, but it really visually brings you in. And then obviously now you change it up and have green. And I think that's another thing. It's so different than everything else. I love how that goes with it too. And I want to say like the front of the house is still the same. Like it's still the same house, but we're seeing it from just a slightly different angle. It's actually not a uh, the same house. Okay. That house was down the street. Like the original house um, was a, a haunted house that I was really interested in. And uh, I think it was, it was like in a, a suburbs of Seattle, Washington, or of Seattle. And um, it's just like, it really struck me. The interior was, you remember like the original 1962 haunting? Yeah. Like, or 1960. It's like that house. It's like got that wood and really weird, really complicated uh, molding yeah. on the inside. Everything's very uh, gothic or uh, Byzantine. And that was what I did for the first one. For the second one, I was out for a walk one night and I was just like looking, like scouting. You were scouting. Space. I was scouting, but I go for walks. I go, yeah. I in the middle of the night were creeping with a hood. I'm allowed to go for walks. I'm a, yeah, I know. Actually, that was weird because the house that I actually ended up picking, they drove into their uh, driveway while I'm out there taking pictures of their house. <laughs> And it's a stranger. I was sort of like, all right, get like three more real quick and then book it. Um, yeah. I don't want to have to, because I don't know, that's a really nice house. I don't know if you could tell. So some really uh, ritzy people probably lived there, and I didn't want to have the cops called on me. That's fair. Yeah, we live there. It's but I also, house. also of course, with that, I've noticed that this one is on the beach. Yes. It is. It's I like how you noticed that. The surfboards yeah. are there. To go along with one of the other songs. The actual house is in Portland, Maine, and it was on the hill. Um, It's like in a really nice uh, area. And it's like, but I was also really uh, conflicted because the other house I was looking at is right on the beach. And, you know, given like tracks like Pear Beach, it's like, okay, I want to mix the nautical thing in there. So it's kind of splicing the backyard of the other other house that I was looking for with you know, just the general vibe of the new one. And yeah, when we were uh, writing Terror Beach, Andrew's like, yeah, I want to get, you know, Greg, Cobra Wipeout, Greg, has some really cool, like, beach tracks. He did that EP, Hex on the Beach. And Andrew's like, man, I want to get Greg on a track, but instead of, like, you know, 80s jet skis and Uzis, <laughs> it's like horror, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon and um, Piranha. I want it to be the most stuff. sophisticated jump the shark routine. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah, like that track, exactly. by the yeah. way. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's so, that track is so fun. Man. So you, when you were thinking of the track and the title, you were like, this is a Greg track. This is what we're going to get him for this. Oh, yeah. we You, you got to get Cobra on the, uh, the beach track. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. His yeah. sound is just too perfect for that. And also, we've... People that have like hung out with him, his movie collection is like ninety percent workout videos and like <laughs> yeah. really schlock. Like I don't even know if you would call them horror movies. They're yeah. movies that have to deal with, you know, some kind of thriller or horror element that's 
taking place in the beach. And while they're not yeah. scary at all, there seems to be an abundance of women in bikinis showing their tits. Yeah, the, that horrifying place. factor is how terrible they me. may be. <laughs> um, and I tried to bring some class into it. So we're gonna see how it goes. For uh, for my birthday one year, he got me a uh, a workout tape, uh, VHS, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm like, oh, cool, thanks, man." He's like, "Open it up," and I open it up, and it's a Playboy VHS. He was like, "I discovered it at a Goodwill." <laughs> <laughs> he started winking. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks, man. And then, and then I watch it. I'm like, yeah. He knows you're cool. married, right? I'll just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't watch it in front of Jackie Wink. <laughs> or do you? Or do yeah. <laughs> yeah, huh. buddy. I'm gonna bring the VHS player in the bedroom. <laughs> jo- join me in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That was a fun that was a fun track. I was really nervous about that one at first because it changes like there is not one real element to that track that repeats short of the initial like first thirty seconds. Then you hear it again later. But other than that, it's like all of our leads are it's uh destroyer first, then it's um cover wipeout, and then it really ties in together that way. And I was really nervous that it was just going to be like all right it's going to be 30 seconds of four different songs and yeah. I'm really happy how it actually came together because i was terrified for a minute yeah it sounds super 80s like that's i think that's the most retro wave we'll ever get but uh well i think it's appropriate is, uh, if you're gonna have track. greg on it that challenge is, accepted yeah 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 so, i want to bring more 70s vibes if we do this again i want to do more 70s it's just like that was that's my baby. You know, as yeah. soon as well, it drops, get, you're gonna be pushed for number three. A, yeah. You know, it's funny get, is like a studio of a bunch of like like uh, '70s like wind and horn instruments. You know, and have, <laughs> have, have, like, uh, I was actually a, thinking a, about that. Yeah. Especially in things like going back to that like stupid flute and clarinet like mm-hmm. stuff. It's like. It's goofy as hell, but like you can't find like it's perfect for the movie. It's like, all right, I need to yeah. get a flute player now. <laughs> you know, Chris, weren't you saying we were talking after the first Night at the Grindhouse was released, and you were talking about your next album because I don't think it had been discussed yet that you were going to go into Night at the mm-hmm. Grindhouse too, and you were saying that you were going to do more seventies inspired yeah. music. So this is a funny tie throwback to. You're just gonna make yeah. Night at the Grindhouse three now. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I we we were already kind of talking about the third one, um, and what we want to do, um, but we're gonna we're gonna wait until this one is released until yeah. we kind of confirm details on that. But uh, yeah, that that whole like, I mean, Andrew really brought out the '70s horror vibes in this one, like like crazy. I think more than the first one. I would so. really like to see, um, and, and Chris, your um, album got this treatment, but I'd like to see a little visual piece to this, even if it's not necessarily like a full-on type of movie, but some sort of like visual element to go yeah. along with it. Um, I think it fits so perfectly with that. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I can't, I don't know what that looks like. Well, but... what, what, what I wanted to do 
and I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out logistically how it's going to play out, but, um, the Spotify canvas route. Yeah. I think we were going to film a bunch of little clips of different scenarios and then put them together for Spotify only. Um, that way you can, it's, it's what is it like eight seconds? They're like yeah. eight second loops, but you'll see, you'll get to see at least some visual aspect of kind of what we're going for. I, w- in, I would like to have more though than that. It's just like, yeah. me too. Yeah. I would like, like to like, see I, the full album being played visually or that visual exactly. element. Yeah. Kind of like I've seen uh, a lot of artists that do that. And it's actually really effective. It's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't take over the show. But yeah. it definitely helps get you a vibe, and I don't want to be one of those synth wave or you know dark synth artists where it's just like stock footage of previous horror films. Right. It's like I'd like to keep. Are you it t- you're talking about me? <laughs> yeah, those are fighting words, buddy. Dude, we're well, working with what we got so far. I totally get it, yeah. and it's worked fine so far. We've picked good movies, I think, for it. But I'm talking yeah. like big picture. It would be fun to do some of our own stuff. Yeah. And maybe even yeah. starting with something like, you know, well, I suppose I we need a good, we need a director. We need a pitch it to you guys. <laughs> well, I, I feel yeah. what you guys are saying because that just like makes me think of like Carpenter Brute's uh, Leather Teeth. Yeah. Because yeah. when I first heard the album, I was like, this is a little bit different. I don't know if I'm really into this compared to what he did. And then I saw him live and I saw all the stuff that they had filmed specifically for it. And I was like, holy shit, I fucking get this now. This is 120% of what I thought it was before. That album, I think that album grew on me because after, you know, being a fan of the the trilogy and then hearing that one, it was very different. And the first time I heard it, I didn't really like it, but I listened to it like three or four more times after that. And I'm like, man, this is, I think it's one of the best Dark Synth albums. Very dancey, mm-hmm. very poppy. Um, it's quick too. It's and a quick like all the shit yeah. that they filmed for it. Like I, mm-hmm. yeah, that blew me away. Yeah, Chris, you got the hookup, don't you? You you know what's up. You know how to find people to film shit. Um. Well, the the corpse boogie music video wound up being filmed for free. I offered everybody <laughs> money. I'm like, listen, film for free. Pay this. Holler at me. Yeah. I would have done one of the tracks. You were just standing. You were just standing there the whole time in the background, like just staring, like looking mean. Yeah, I was mean, art directing was for a, <laughs> a cool music video. He was. No, it was funny because it was like, um, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna be trying to film something. You know, I got a location. I didn't get a permit or anything, but I'm like, nobody will mess with us on the underpass of the BQE in Williamsburg. And I was right. Nobody did. We were drinking the whole time. Yeah, we did. Yeah. A lot of uh, public intoxication and we heard cops going by and they didn't, they didn't care. Um, I just bought everybody booze and pizza and they were like, nah, man, it's cool. Don't worry about payment. I mean, you'd get me get with me that combination pepperoni. too. Yeah. I mean, pizza and beer, let's do this. Yeah. I'll be a yeah, stand in. That worked out. Um, but, uh, but Scott, who, um, he, he directed the music video. Um, he owns local bodega, which is a, uh, it's like his own production company. And he did the death mask, um, uh, short film too. That's coming out soon. As soon as, as soon as it's done with the, uh, I forgot about the, that. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. It's been a while. We've been it, talking for years about that. In the, uh, 
Yeah, two years. <laughs> it's running the circuit in the uh, um, the music, the not the music festivals, but the movie horror. festivals now. Yeah, horror festivals. Um, you last year kind of put a damper on all that, so we kind of yeah. wanted to submit it, and um, it should be coming out shortly. And um, he's actually the voice on the intermission track. Oh, really? Oh, right on. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's Scott. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, because so, I thought you maybe you um, paid a dude, paid someone, like a voice actor or someone to... Oh, no. To... No, I paid a voice actor for Strangulator just because he was so good. And I'm like, yeah, I want, I want you to do it. But uh, but Scott, like, one take, and it was perfect. <laughs> so, you know. that was good. No, it sounds really good. Yeah. That's incredible. I would I mean, like to do an actual, like, a legit music video, like, proper style. Yeah. At some point. Because, yeah. you know. And personally, I want to do it for Birthrights, but I think there's a lot of options for this new album. But, I don't know. I think that's something that we can probably talk about on our own. Yeah. I mean, it's it's getting... Yeah. I'm, this is going to get people excited, you know. And I think, you know, when they, when they hear this alongside with hearing the album and those things combined, I think there's going to be a demand for it. It's, obviously, it's... It's pulling funds together, getting people together. That's always difficult, mm. right? There's no studio yeah. behind you guys, so it's not like this is all self-funded or favors or shit like that. Right. Yeah. It's like it's basically a matter of finding someone, like a producer, someone to run the money or something. It's like because it's like eventually, I think we need to do that just because we want to keep the uh, the narrative going. And, yeah, you know, it probably take nice. out a loan. <laughs> well, take out a loan. I'm, it's like I think producer because I don't think I could take out any more loans. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this has been a this has been a rough fiscal year already. Yeah. But ideally, like trying to figure that out because you know I've had some experience at least with like writing and stuff for Scream and. Um, like a certain mm-hmm. level of direction and i would like to actually you know just for a fun project for myself actually see if i can pull it off and you know i'd like to work with uh some different people and maybe try to you know make something a little bit more um polished i guess dj 10 where you at you got the money you got that new retro wave money he's uh he's very not busy too. he just had another kid too so how many kids does he have? Uh, he's got two. Okay. Really? I have no idea. He's got two. Yeah, he just had another baby. Yeah, it was in the email that he sent. <laughs> that <laughs> email chain gets filled up so fast. I know. I know. Like I, I, I miss everything. So what I else? also have a cat here too. Oh, hey, kitty. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah, I, when Leo, when Leo's not, uh, needing attention, she is. So hear that. Like, I feel like I'm still on the artwork tip cause I had a follow-up question. Oh. It just like evolved. Oh yeah. Go we ahead. Talking about. Yeah. But it's like looking at the artwork for the first night at the grindhouse. Mm-hmm. I get this feeling of terror from within, mm. but now with the artwork for the second one, I get terror from without without <laughs> from the, in the outside from in the, the outside because you know going yes. to like it's like the alien abduction thing that you're a part of the <laughs> lights coming down from the exterior mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's a Real beach. Hot. The beach right. with the surfboard with the with the, with the, the one of the surfboards has got a bite taken out of it, if I remember yep. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the concept, the first one is there are entities within the house and however you want to interpret that, you know, do your thing. But generally it's like, okay, somehow Stranger and Destroyer are affiliated with this house. It's like and it's like we're kind of the entities that exist in there. For the second one, it's kind of like it becomes a beacon for other supernatural and uh, extraterrestrial science fiction kind of things to occur around it. Like it seems to just draw that. And so this is definitely like, and as I said, I like to think about it as a franchise. Uh, and you always know that that second one is far less intimate and far more, you know, congested. There's actions yeah. like just look at Alien and Alien. Mm -hmm. It's like it went from being like a small crew of people inside a ship dealing with an alien to a bunch of people, action packed, and there's like yeah. aliens now. It's not like it's no longer an intimate horror movie. There's a lot of shit going on now. And it's like uh, it's like Fast and Furious. It's a space greatest horror film of all time. <laughs> the Fast yeah. and Furious. I mean, it's, it's all yeah, right there I, in the title. My favorite scene, my favorite scene in that movie is Ja Rule just screaming Monica because he lost the race. I think he won an Oscar for that, didn't he? I think he did, yeah. He didn't want to be overacting. in follow-up movies because he didn't want to be, like, pigeonholed into this character. So that's where they brought Ludacris in, and now Ludacris has been in every single one. Like, that could have been him in every movie, frighteningly Ludacris enough. I did not know that. Interesting. Wow. Jesus. We're learning some shit today. I've got I've got my own movie anecdotes to tell as well about this shit. Fast and Furious. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, the original drummer um, from Blink-182 that had a drinking problem, and they, they let him go, and then they brought Travis on. And now it's like, ah, oh, man, you could have just quit the booze for a little bit. You would have been a fucking millionaire. Like every band enough. ever. Paul Diano from yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. Ozzy. Yeah. He's, he's great, though. I mean, he's, he's still, I mean, look at his house. He's got a palatial mansion. Yeah. He's doing good, you know. Where's my palatial mansion? He's doing good. He's, yeah. He's got a, He's got a uh, what's that show on Travel Channel that he does with his son? Oh uh, yeah, it's like like uh, the supernatural. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. That's though. on the Travel yeah. Channel. Yeah, I've heard about yeah. it. I've yeah. never actually watched it, nor have I seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> I feel a little I, like I, I feel like you're probably ahead of the game right now. <laughs> really, I, I've only seen the third Fast and Furious movie, Tokyo Drift. Okay, good. That's it. That's, That's the only one I've seen. Were you like on a date? Who picked that movie? Uh, I was in a hotel room, and it was like <laughs> I'm surprised I'm not the person who made you watch that. Right movie. Did they not have any other movie? It was like, literally yeah, one. that looks good. No, it was like a bunch of bullshit, and that was like, well, fuck. I don't know. Like, if you were to ask me, a person who's very critical of the franchise, one and three are really the movies that you should see. And I yeah. will only say that because Tokyo like drifts. I got into it like the first one because it's like. Me and my friends that I went to high school with were all into like the import scene with the cars. So that was like mm -hmm. a movie kind of catered to us, 
towards us, but you know, they had to throw something else in there. And then the second movie was just completely fucking awful. And then the third one, they're like, oh, drifting's yeah. cool, so let's do this and let's do it in Japan. And then you get Are the coolest character in the series. Movies? Like, is there actually an ongoing narrative, or is it just like one movie? There is, and it's family, a family, 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 family. Yeah, that's a load that's of shit. The, that's <laughs> it is. It is a load <laughs> of shit. Every time I hear that as a theme or that is the narrative, it's like, no, that's not a story. That's You're a right. Story. It's yeah, not it's a story. Family, bro. Family. Kyle, what else do you have for these fellas? Was well, it we written by a hardcore band from the Midwest? <laughs> I, I've got something. I I have this thing now for like people who want to watch horror movies with me or are interested in things. I'm just like, I haven't seen a scary movie, horror movie, that's mm-hmm. scary. Like, I can think of the when I first movie? saw Alien when I was a kid, and like I would have nightmares about the alien, but I don't think yeah. like after becoming a teenager or whatever that I've seen a scary movie, a horror movie that has actually scared me. Like, have you guys, yeah. do you think like, here's this movie that's actually scary. Have you seen uh, a hereditary? question, by the way, I like that question. Good job, Kyle. Have I have seen, seen hereditary. hereditary. I haven't. Okay. It's the only one. I, okay. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know. Okay. Now I know, I know a lot of people are on the A24 bandwagon right now. And you know, they're like A24 fanboys, but I have to say, when I saw I saw Hereditary in the theater, and I think that was one of the most disturbing, unsettling movies I've seen in a very long time. Since Rose and that kind of, yeah, 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 since Rosemary's Baby, and um, I, I that one was there were scary moments in that one, like towards the end where the son is like right about to die and the mother is possessed and she's and in chasing, the corner and she's the, in the corner mm. yeah i that have scared to, shit out of me like i was terrified within the first 10 minutes and <laughs> first off the cinematography the music in this movie like seriously the movie could have had no story and it would have been horrifying and yeah. it was it was that first like i don't want to ruin this for you like, I really don't want to ruin this for you because it's definitely <laughs> worth watching. But I really want to talk about it. Headphones off. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> All right, no. Actually, no, seriously. Take your headphones off. You're going to watch I'm going to edit this, so I'm going to yeah, hear he's it. Gonna you edit. better watch that movie before you edit it. <laughs> um, but no, there is, a, there is a scene in, I don't know, it's like within the first 10, 20 minutes. And it's Tony Collette and... Um, She's like closing down in her studio for the night. She's about to like uh, go to bed and she turns out the light and all, you just for five, it seems like so long. It's like you see yes. her face looking out into the darkness and it gradually gets more terrified. And then it shows mm-hmm. you what she's looking at and very, very subtly in the shadows. It's her mom's face. Like she's just sitting there and it's so yeah. black and you just barely get it. And it's just like, yeah. All right. That's so they did that. A twenty four did that with the witch. Um, which was when good. yeah, the witch was good. Yeah. At the end of the witch, I don't know if y'all have seen the witch. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, oh you have. Okay. Yeah. So they're in the barn, and Black Philip is there, and he's talking to her, and you see, you just hear the voice in the theater because it was so dark. I couldn't see his face. Right. But when I rewatched it on Blu-ray, 
I saw his face in the corner, just staring at her. And I'm like, oh, okay. It, it makes more sense now. They love to hide faces and shadows. I had the same the issue, movies. though. It's like the first time I watched it, I watched yeah. my computer screen, and I, I couldn't see it. It's like yeah. I got a general idea yeah. of what was there. Um, and then it's like I got like my new TV and all that all set up, and I watched it again. It's like this movie has an entirely new amount of depth. Yeah. I feel like I've been missing both with the, uh, the audio, with the, uh, the score. This is crazy when you guys are talking about this. I experienced exactly the same thing, and I have goosebumps right now just like thinking about it. I love there you go. This is there the thing go. that I really so want weird, to do man. in this interview is just talk about all of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys so watch the, the new Candyman at all? Either one of I you? I did. We actually did. talked yeah. about it. What did you yeah. guys think? Do you want to go I for it? I liked it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I really liked the original one. Um, yeah. I enjoyed the the production was great. I think Jordan Peele. Sure. I like I like Jordan Peele's movies. I think he's a great producer. Um, I think he brings the art house element to uh, to the horror filmmaking. Um, I like uh, I did like the part in the art um, in the art studio. But he leaves like that first killing scene. I thought that was really clever. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the um, I thought it was okay. I, yeah, yeah. I thought it was good. Um, I thought it could have been a little better. Um, I think they there was probably more that they wanted to express in the movie that they didn't get a chance to, right? Because they had to cut it for theaters, you know. But um, yeah, like, I thought overall it was good. Stylistically. And in terms of the cinematography, it is an it's a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. It's like all the way down to the art direction. It's like I love the uh, the new adaptation of well, you know what Candyman looked like. It's like I never really cared for the big uh, I I don't know what that coat was that he wore. It looks like the thing that no one would ever buy from Goodwill. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, got that nice like gold suede and like and there is something oddly menacing about it and it also has all these uh great other uh, mechanisms like the animation sold me mm -hmm. like yes they're really expressive and you're talking about like you're trying to really bring home uh a really complicated and a very dark theme yeah um which is of course you know things like gentrification it's like and after everything we've experienced from you know 2020 2021 it is a very, uh, this is a very apt movie to have out. And, you know, I share the same feeling as Chris. It's like, there's a lot of stuff to unpack there. And, you know, I, I agree. It's like they had a, that's a difficult feat for them to accomplish. Um, because there's so much uh, commentary. But I found the visual narrative more effective, though, than the story. The story had a couple holes in it. That just didn't really make sense. It seemed forced, like the the concept of the laundromat guy. Yeah. It's like, was that ever gonna be like? And then all of a sudden he's a part of this Candyman like cult fanatic. Movie. Yeah. And it came out of nowhere and not as like a twist. It didn't feel intentional. But you know, I had I have mixed feelings about it, but I've been. Like I felt that the animations were strong enough to carry the uh, the more emotional aspects of the story, 
than anything else. Otherwise, I thought it was a very beautiful reinterpretation visually of that original movie. Yeah. That's cool. Good, good yeah, thoughts, what guys. What do you guys think? Um, I left traumatized, I guess, for me, like, coming out of it, I felt, um, I just felt really deeply the things that they were conveying. And yeah, there's, there are things that they just didn't dive into. They kind of just presented these ideas or asked these questions, but didn't answer or fulfill any of those things. And I, I'm kind of curious, is that intentional? Because if you're left without answers, is that sort of representational of the people that they're talking about have going yeah. through these things and not having a good answer so you feel trapped or you feel suffocated a bit and i felt in a way in a way i have to you know well i think it, yeah i agree with you absolutely i think that's actually a positive thing though because it kind of you know i like movies that kind of force the audience to consider what they've just seen yeah it's not always about like wrapping up a story consistently because if the story if a narrative is based in concepts that are very much real life, I think you need to correlate it back, like something where you leave the theater and you actually do consider the things that you just watched and you yeah. have to put some pieces together for yourself. And, you know, quite frankly, and nobody gives it enough credit these days, is I think the horror movie is probably about the best outlet you can to express real, real life horror. Yeah. I would say that's what A24 is probably there. I mean, they get a little artsy fartsy, but they're trying you, to do it. But yeah, some of them are all aesthetic and no real uh, subject or there's no meat to Green it. Green Knight. I need to finish that. I haven't seen that. Is that the one? It's like the priest thing. There were two movies I saw that were Green Knight. One of them was, I think, Korean or Japanese. So this one is like. No, this one is King Arthur's new, nephew, like his story. Yeah. Based off of a poem. The cinematography and whoever was like the director of cinematography in this one absolutely fucking killed it because it is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. But it's like they're working off of a short poem. There's not a lot there. There's not a lot there. So yeah. it could use a little more meat, but it fucking was beautiful. Beautiful. When did when did it come out? I want to check it out. Like just recently, within the last couple months. Yeah. Really? Where where can I see it? Uh, you, you I know you can watch it on Amazon if you pay. It, it's less money to buy it than it was to rent it when it first came out. No. Mm, yeah. It's stupid. That um, is. Sorry, but... that's that's not how I wanted to end it on ter in terms of the movie, but I am very interested in actually watching it. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> but but the thing is, like, if I went to see it in the movie theater, like if I'm with another person, it would be like twelve bucks a ticket, and then if I'm getting some shit, it's more than that. It was twenty dollars to rent it when I first saw it, but I was with someone else, so I was like, okay, this makes up for it if I'm not watching it by myself. Right. Yeah. And like. I've got a really nice TV, so I th yeah, I feel like that that helped the experience with how well it was filmed with the HDRs and the black blacks and all the other things because I I have an OLED TV, flex a little bit. I've heard of those. Those are letters, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I should probably know about that. It's like my my TV's better than what i used to have but it's not great so 
I don't know. I mean, I've always been like cursed with this thought that, and I blame my mom for this really because she's always like, "Well, if you're gonna get something, you should get the best thing you you can possibly get." So right, I'm always right. like, my mom "I have said to the same thing. I have to buy the best thing I can possibly yep. get, so I'll get the best uh, TV you, I can you get." You want to know time. something funny, Kyle? That's what Jackie's mother said when she was a kid, and that's the way Jackie lives by. And she's kind of, you know, rubbing off on me a little bit. Yeah. And, and hey, just think she married you, so that's got to be a compliment. <laughs> oh! Oh! Yeah, hey! Wow. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, this guy. That's good on you for finding the positive in, like, the worst possible situation you could think of. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. I, would, I was just going to make a really sad joke, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. I'm terrible at that. Keep going. <laughs> Wait, no, no. <laughs> you don't want to go down. But no, uh, I, we were talking about I noticed, uh, Oh, sorry. What? Oh, sorry, Andrew. Um, just real quickly, the one thing I did notice when um, I went to Kyle's place was that it, he's got he's got really cool stuff, and it's all extremely neat and organized. Like I appreciate that. It's oh. all everything is like alphabetized and. You know, just just nice. Color coordinated. Thank you. Yeah, color coordinated. Yeah. I like to I keep my shit that. tight. <laughs> Otherwise, I feel yeah, like exactly uh, just like a complete slob, and it's just like I don't need anyone coming over here and seeing me living slovenly. Yeah. yeah Thanks, I mom, mean, you know. <laughs> for cursing me <laughs> with that. Depends on who it is, you know. I, I would like one day to have that kind of setup. But until then, I've got a lot of like adulting that I need to figure out, or just life in general. Oh, but I ignore all of those. I'd yeah. like to have like a nice little museum in my living room of all the nerd shit I've collected over the years. Yeah, you have a pretty sick collection of uh, of stuff, stuff that nobody else has, and I think that's a good thing. You know, it's ironic. If I sold all of it, I might actually live a decent, decent life. <laughs> oh, I feel that. Uh, oh. But no, I'm going to choose to continue suffering. That's Andrew. Oh, Andrew. damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about I forgot. Yeah. I sold you those. Or no, wait. No, I just gave them to you. Hey, aren't you making copies? Are you making copies Robert for Parker us? Parker is the person that bought his poster. That's yes. that was. Okay. Who? Yeah, we're going to talk about the... Uh, that thing we were talking about, um, about making copies of the original artwork for that thing. Yeah, that thing. I don't thing. know if you want to. Yeah, that we gotta we gotta keep that thing on the DL. You know what the thing is. Yeah. So we're referring to it as the thing. The I thing. don't know what the I don't. Text me what the thing is. I'll tell. I'll message you. We'll, uh, once once we're wrapped up with this, we will just openly talk about it. We just gotta. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We can't reveal it here. Um, I don't know. I think we're getting to a good point. If we can keep this going for another two hours, <laughs> all of this, I think it would be great. All right. Gonna get booze involved. Like you have nothing to do today. All right. Keep watching this five-hour stream. <laughs> stream of <laughs> consciousness. Yourself. You've got nothing better going on. We're gonna. We're all going to live watch Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's what we were trying to do with Halloween last night, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's so true. But uh, no, it was, it was an enjoyable experience. Not for the movie exactly, but it's nice that I had something to talk about it <laughs> as it was <laughs> happening. While it was happening, yeah, yeah. So let's wrap. Let's wrap up 
wrap okay. around back reach to, around reach around back to the album do we have anything else you guys need to talk about we haven't got into yet any little anecdotes yeah you said what's your scariest movie and no one actually answered oh i mean you sort of did yeah i didn't say what i actually thought was scary i just said it was awesome that you what was what yeah andrew that's a good question what is your like scary movie that scared the shit out of you really honestly the first time i saw the grudge like the japanese grudge that horrified me because it's subtle and the campiness makes it scarier yeah it's weird it just makes it so otherworldly but that is a good especially the bed sheets it's like oh yeah that made me i was so scared i didn't go to sleep for about two months (laughs) damn like i was so horrified by that that it can just show up it's like yo, you don't need to be in the house it's just like it follows you until you're dead and that's that's horrifying to me because i like to think that i can eventually escape horror (laughs) nope nope (laughs) and it comes at you in your bed under your sheets and that's not a euphemism. Um, yeah. <laughs> the whole concept of uh, of the grudge terrified me, and you know, much like many great Japanese or um, mm-hmm. or uh, European horror movies at the time, because the the United States wasn't making anything good, they got ruined and butchered over here in the states. Yeah, funny games, especially. Yeah. Totally missed the point. But anyways. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. You do know Michael Haneke intended that movie to be um, a protest film, basically making fun of people that like movies where it's just about killing people. Really? It's like a, I did not know that. No, it's like he was like he wanted to suggest that if you are watching this movie right now, you're fucked. You're kind of fucked you're up. Piece of shit. Like, why would you ever watch a movie like this? That was the commentator of that film and then we remade it in america and every american is like holy shit that was gross awesome like let's rewatch and show it to all of our yeah, friends let's jack off to this what and you know i'm sure he's rolling over in his grave even though he's still alive so, <laughs> the second is possession or possessor hmm. by um uh brandon cronenberg that's another movie that actually i need really, to uh, see it scared me it's on my list and The Untamed. Have you seen this, The Untamed? No. No. It's a modern day possession. It's really unsettling. It's um sexual nature, much like uh, the first like possession back in uh, 1981. Uh, the film. I mean, I don't want to give too much away. It's a complicated film. I recommend watching it. Though. Cool. Chris, you're up on the... Yes, sir actual terrifying oh, film act, actually terrible well um I, I would say the most recent one being hereditary but when i was five years old this is why i have this poster in my living room the child's play 2 poster yeah i saw this when i was five my sister um put it on while i was in the room and i watched it and at the time this was the most frightening thing to me like this poster, the movie itself, it was horrifying. That's because I had the mind. 
Yeah, the My Buddy doll, which looked exactly like Chucky for some reason. I, I have that as well. That, yeah, I hope that that company sued the shit out of uh, Child's Play. <laughs> <laughs> Universal hey, for, for that, that because hey, how do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that... Jesus floating in a void. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was terrifying to me. Like the whole concept of it was horrifying. But you watch it now, and it's it's just so funny. Yeah, you know, it's like Leprechaun. It's it's comical. You know, that's also the great thing about horror movies. Though you can appreciate the terror one year when you see it the first time yeah. when you're younger and then you can still enjoy the movie later for a different it's reason. Like, yeah. Well, also you can look at it objectively the first time you're horrified or the first time you don't get it. And then you watch it later and it's really fun. Anyways, how do you feel about bride of Chucky? <laughs> oh, I didn't oh, like it. What happened? That movie. Which one? Bride of Chucky. Oh, that one was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that one. It was so stupid funny. Um, what's that what's that woman's name? She's the same person that does Jennifer all, Tilly. Jennifer Tilly, yeah. She's a yeah. pregnant woman on Family Guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she was uh um she was good in that. That was uh that was a funny one. That was another one too that I saw when I was young and I'm like, Oh man, this is scary. I can't watch it, especially like the fake Marilyn Manson goth dude getting yeah in the beginning yeah that was so but you watch it now and it's like it's hilarious I, think... I wouldn't know I watch good movies <laughs> well, oh, listen I, I think for Look me personally to... go ahead oh sorry I got the uh, the collection right here the DVD, of course you do uh, that makes sense collection oh there yeah. cool. it's all of them all of them every That's single for, one uh, of them. Oh, I thought it was the actual doll for a second. It was just like, oh, no, it's just a DVD. Oh. No, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that terrible with uh, my memorabilia. So I would go. like to, you know. Kyle, what's an actual terrifying <laughs> movie for you? Let's wrap it up on this. I, I asked yeah. that because I, I have a hard time thinking of anything like. I hang out with people who are like, oh, I love scary movies. Let's go see them. And I see them, and they're like, oh, that was scary. And I was like, ah, no. There's, maybe there's, like, jump scares. They get you. Jump scares don't get me. Or the anything Conjuring like was pretty good, wasn't it? Like, the first two Conjuring? Like, I mm. thought they were pretty decent in terms of, like, legit scares. They still had the jump scares, but... And I get so mad at jump scares, too. Like, I'm... As, as a... Nearly yeah. forty-year-old adult, I am so angry at jump scares. <laughs> start to have start fucking with your heart. It's, it's, it, yeah, like this is cheap. <laughs> yeah, I don't there, want. There's been a couple of times where I'm watching a movie and there's a jump scare, especially now, and I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> stop doing that!" <laughs> so you know where that stuff mad. came from. Things like Halloween, yeah. where it's sort of like it tricks you. It's like, okay, the camera's panning right. Yeah, shit's over here in the left. You might be able to see it coming, but you don't. Yeah, it's as like, soon as you find out the family has like jump 20 scare. mirrors in their house, oh, yeah, it's going to be a jump scare movie. As soon as it's quiet and the camera's panning, that's yep. how you get the jump or scare. Or the lights, the lights go out or dim. <sighs> and then they come right, back right, on. Embarrassing. Yeah, that's awful. Cheap, cheap. 
So I don't know. Like, you know, earlier we were talking about the witch and hereditary. And it's like, I feel the creep factor yeah. of those. I don't know if the scary thing, but like really the thing that scared me. And of course I was a kid. So like alien, alien really got me. Like I would have dreams about the alien in the backyard at the house I grew up at. Damn. Oh, oh, yeah. Poltergeist. The tree? I yeah. saw a house with that fucking tree, and I was like, no. <laughs> oh, fucking no. No way. <laughs> like, it really had that fucking tree, and I was like, they are really going to let that be there? Have they not seen this movie? No way. Nope. No. I saw... We don't, go, we don't talk about trees here. We don't talk about trees. <laughs> trees. No uh-huh. trees. No trees. <laughs> For me, it's uh, I saw the first Nightmare on Elm Street as a as a little kid, and that fucked fucked me up. But what about now? Yeah. Um, it's I still find it a very very good movie, and I I look at it and go, wow, that is fucking kind of terrifying. I'm not doesn't terrify me so much anymore, but it's still like, yeah. this is fucking this is dark. This movie is it's really dark. Out of yeah. Cat's back. Hey, kitty. She's back. Um. She's like, I like horror movies too. Yeah, I don't really know of a movie that like really t- I, like it gives me a sense of maybe dread or creeped out, but like to be legitimately terrified where I'm like having nightmares and shit doesn't really happen. I think like Jacob's Ladder fucked with me, um, just because you oh, couldn't okay. tell yeah. you okay. couldn't tell what the fuck was going on, like yeah, like these demons one. and like free, you know like the. How it was cut together. Event Horizon was, I know. It's oh, fun. man. Event Horizon, when I first that saw that, you? the theaters, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Anything that has a lot of blood normally does not scare me. And then I, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's all right. Someone's going to get butchered. Yeah. Like, I get it. That the did freak that, me. I don't know. And it then I watched it again recently, and I was like, this movie ain't shit. Yeah, I mean it's it's entertaining. I like you know Lawrence Fishburne is is always good in a movie. So it's stupid entertaining. It's not like a complicated movie, but no. it's fun. It's a haunted yeah. house in space. It's, it's a popcorn a, movie. Yeah. All right, guys. I think this is the perfect place to end this interview. Anything else other than buy the fucking album album when it comes out? Buy it. Oh yeah, that's right. Buy the fucking album with your money. Yeah. Yes. And then just give these guys money outside of that album too. So we can give you music videos oh, and nah. other I mean, merchandising. Um are you guys gonna start on OnlyFans? Yeah. Is there I already have one actually. <laughs> I got Perfect. a fans link. I love the pause. Yeah. The pause <laughs> I was waiting for more information. I was, yeah, like, I was like, please tell, tell me more. Tell me more. Oh no, I forgot the password, but I I thought it was like, all right, if these ladies are doing it on the Instagrams, it's like, I don't know, I've got to be something for someone, right? Yeah. Well, there's some uh, there's some synthwave artists that are doing it too. Yeah. Robots with ray guns. I'm just gonna call them right out. (laughs) I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't don't give a shit. (laughs) One of my friends does it. She just eats food and she gets shit. So. Let's wrap up on. Listen, I got this cool album. <laughs> yeah. I got this cool album. We got this cool album coming. Out. If you want to see uh, anything else? Subscribe to our OnlyFans too. We're throwing it out there. All right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, yeah. for um for talking about this album. I learned some shit, so I'm real happy about that. I'm sure people are gonna enjoy this, Kyle. Yeah. That's I. 
Yes. All right, guys. I really appreciate you coming on. Till next time, this is Eric. And this is Kyle. I stranger. <laughs> and I like uh, books and long walks. <laughs> <laughs> you have. It's a motherfucking paradise, I can